Hi, I'm Rick Rosenthal, and I want to welcome you to the director's commentary of Halloween 2. But I brought with me today a very special friend, Leo Rossi. How y'all doing? I'm here. And uh, Leo and I studied acting together, and then we ended up doing Halloween 2 together. So I asked him if he'd come in and jog my memory a little bit and then keep me uh, honest when I start telling stories that aren't true. I'll bring him down to earth. Y'all don't worry. Here it is. I think back to the first night of shooting for me, and uh, I had come up with this idea that we'd start on a crane, steady cam on a crane. Not for this shot. This shot, um, this shot's really a continuation of the first Halloween. And the idea behind this was that when you put these two films together, you could um, you could just keep the the second the the second one just would would start right where the first one finished. So this is actually, we haven't started the new film yet. This is the very end of Halloween. Now the new film, if see if my memory is correct, Orange Street in, in Hollywood? Orange Drive. That's Orange right. Orange Drive. That's right. right. But that's the same, that's the same house. Now this is not um, the interior here. This was a different interior, but um, you're about to see that's Orange, that's Orange Drive in Hollywood. And we're still, uh, we're still on the the night that. Um... Oh, Sir Donald Pleasant! Oh, God bless him! I always loved. I love the parallels here. As she got up, Michael Myers comes up, and yeah. And a great theme, boy. Where would this be without this theme from John Carpenter? No. This, uh, look, it all went together. When a movie works, you, you know, I was in the film, and when I went to the screening, cast and crew, I got scared. <laughs> I jumped, and I knew what was coming. funny when you know how a stunt is done sometimes it doesn't affect you the same way yeah, yeah if you go back and you look carefully you'll see that there's a ramp there and he's actually on top of the was that dick warlock that's dick warlock yeah yep. he goes yep. around the country yep. um you know uh with selling those masks donald was in England, respected for Pinter. He yes. Like Pinter oh, he's the... a classic. He's a great actor, and he just happened to, he just happened to end up in this genre film. And, and he came became... to play. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Did he ever nip a little bit? <laughs> you know, I had a great time with him. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't do a lot of socializing with him, but yeah. you know, he, I mean, he was very directable and no attitude and fun to work yeah. with. And, um, a real gentleman too. Yeah. yeah. I love the neighbors that are about to come out. What's going on out here? Call the police. Tell the sheriff I shot him. Who? Tell him he's still on the loose. Is this some kind of joke? Is this crazy? 
trick-or-treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> This was like one of the first sequels that really kicked butt, Halloween 2, wasn't it? Yeah, but I think part of it was because we had this idea that we wanted it to feel like it was really a continuation yeah. of the film. And, yeah. Uh, you know, we had um, we were really fun shooting this little uh, title sequence, um, which you're about to see. It's motion controlled and uh, uh, visual effects is just, I mean, you wouldn't do this today. You'd do digitally but um, we had to figure out a way to, to do this and not have that because we're, we're shooting a certain number of frames per second as we're moving in so that we're constantly moving in on a, on a track and um, we have a little surprise as we get closer and uh, so I mean it's, it's all digital like that today huh? but, but you had to use inventiveness then that's, that's the cool thing we had to figure it out, you know, you had to figure yeah. out uh, physically, and, and, you know, same with the fights, I mean, there's a whole school of fighting now that uh, you just throw a punch at the camera and then you react on the other shot. We used to like to show you the stunt, you know, you'll, sure. you'll see coming up some stunts that, uh, again, Dick Warlock was the stunt coordinator, and um, he did nice a, fellow. He, uh, a great guy, and, and a really good uh, stunt coordinator. Yep. You know, he still looks just the same as he does back then. He's lean and everything. Nancy Stevens, I recognize that name. Oh, that's your wife, yeah, dear Nancy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you are. Oh, with Ford Rainey, Ford legendary Rainey. actor. Yep. yep. Dr. Mixter, he played Dr. Mixter. Yeah. Named, named after a good friend of mine. Mark Goldblatt. Very strong editor. Yep. He used to take these... Uh, a magnetic drops, he said, that aligned his north and south. <laughs> I don't know, Leo, I'm not well, sure. Maybe well, he knew something we didn't know. Well, what did John Lennon say? Whatever gets you through the night, <laughs> it's all right. So we had to figure out how to make this pumpkin split. added a J to his name, and he's now J. Michael Riva. He's a great guy. Dean's still shooting. Dean got me. Yep. Yep. I have to thank Rick again publicly here for all the residuals over the years. Every Halloween. <laughs> cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> well, who knew when we were first studying at Milton Consultus' class that it would lead to this kind of a collaboration, yeah. and, and we've worked together a bunch of times sure. since Halloween. Day. Yeah, it's kind of fun. You know, the and, and what people don't know is, I am from well, you can guess the East Coast, Philadelphia. Did a lot of time in New York, and the producer did not want me in this role. She said, "We want all Midwestern types, all Midwestern types," and Rick went to the mattresses for me. All right, so here we are, and and this is the beginning, as if. Uh, Michael Myers has, has disappeared. Like last time we saw him, he was uh, his shape was on the in the grass, and now we're back in his point of view. And um, and this is a early Steadicam. This is a called a Panic Glide, and one of the smart things that Ray Stella, who was the uh, both the A operator and the Panic Glide uh, operator, did was he put this uh, instrument on me early on, 
and uh, I got to feel what it was like, and I developed an instant sympathy for mm. uh, all Steadicam and Panaglide operators. Ray Ray was just a little pocket rocket, wasn't he? A yeah. little stocky guy. Yep. Yeah. And I've worked with him since as a DP. He's a great guy. Oh, wow. Now, there's an invisible cut here in the dark there. You don't really see it. And uh, we wanted to keep the sense of uh, movement in uh, very few cuts in, uh, in the breathing. You can hear a little bit of Michael Moyer's breathing. Remember her, Lucille Benson? She's in my uh, she's in my AFI short film. I kind of do, yeah. Just had a little part. She was the owner of a uh, kennel. So a lot of fluid camera. That was a hallmark of the first the first film, and um, we wanted to make you feel as if you were just in a continuation like the night continued and uh, got a coca-cola I was sponsored by coca-cola at that time <laughs> I want to make sure that uh, they got uh, Alan Halfrick yes a friend of my uh, my now wife then just girlfriend Nancy Stevens You go, Lucille. And this was um, what I like about Dick Warlock. He had this—he uh, had this walk, and there's a kind of glide to it. And it's—I mean, it's both human and, and a little bit ethereal at the same time. Yeah, I mean, really, it's a strong walk. It's like you can tell that there's there's power behind it. You know, it's power, but there's sort of a glide. Yeah. It's almost like his feet aren't touching a little bit. You know. So there's sort of a pattern that uh, continues in this film, uh, where you where you often see things occur in the background, and and it puts the audience in this position of wanting to tell characters turn around, turn around, and then uh, sometimes um, it's too late, their timing's off, and 
there's a vulnerability because we know something's going to happen. That's a beautiful manifestation of nervousness when the audience, they speak to the screen. No, no, don't right. turn. Don't go in there. You know. Well, there's a moment later that um, all right. So this is the this is the first. Uh, this is my first night of shooting here, and uh, we're on a crane and we're on a steady cam, and uh, steady cam steps off the crane, and now it's going to go with these guys to the house, and. Uh, and this will be our introduction now to Jamie Lee after we left her in in uh, the first film uh, with the stab wound in her shoulder. So came off the and uh, let me stop for a minute. And there's there's the introduction of Leo Rossi and Lance Guest. I uh, look like my son. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look at that. You know what I think when I see that? 33-inch waist. Oh, boy, that's all right. <laughs> Lance so, Guest is starring on Broadway yep. in Million yep. Dollar Quartet. And uh, this is a hard, this is a difficult shot uh, to get because it's complicated. And uh, so you have a crane, a state cam, and you can see if you look at the blue sky there, uh, we're getting pretty close to morning. <laughs> and I'm starting to sweat, like, do we have it? Do we have it? And... Uh, much later I figured out there was a kind of easier way to do this but um, that was cool that was, that, was a, that was a good night it was a good night but it scared me that was the first uh, that was my first night well you hit it well Now, in this scene, it's interesting. What you're about to see was a little controversial. Um, that's Lee French. She's an old friend of ours. Oh, this is... I love this. I still get the heebie-jeebies looking at that. Well, you know, um, that that shot polarized a lot of people. There were people who thought it was too graphic, and then there were people who really liked it and uh, said, get a sense of humor. Listen, uh, <laughs> I was can't. down in Orlando signing autographs, right, for this film about a year ago, and everybody's in there, and we're struggling around. And then there's a kid I don't recognize, a guy, you know, and I said, hey, what film are you here for? He says, no, I, I was in Halloween too." And that was the kid? That was the kid. Oh, my God. It was the kid. I'm always amazed when I see this how how uh, you know the the film just floats right along and yeah. you're not aware of how long it took to do all this stuff. You know, it was one whole night for getting the ambulance, and we had different locations. That's a different location from the exterior. Mm -hmm. Always like that space though. And I was just to a party with uh, Tawny. Oh, right? And her husband Patrick. He's an actor. I, I haven't seen her in a really long time. Yeah. 
chest box is penetrating. Multiple Floyd's contusions. Floyd's drunk. Yeah, yeah, come on, let's go. Right Janet, get me some more coffee. <laughs> Ford <laughs> Rainey, perfectly cast. Uh, Not typecast, though. And then uh, there's Gloria Gifford. Yes. Who was also in acting class with us. Dear friend. And uh, we're about to see uh, Anna Alicia. Mm-hmm. Was also in acting class with us. Nick was, I mean, when you when Rick was, you know, doing this, he wanted to trust the people that he knew could do more than three or four lines. And in acting class, he would see people do scenes, and, and that's where the trust built, you know? You, you would get to know. Uh, what's interesting is Ford Rainey starred in a short film that my closest friend, Mel Damsky, did as his thesis film at AFI. So, you know, these connections are always so interesting. Yeah. Would you, would you classify Jamie Lee as a trooper? Jamie Lee's a tremendous a uh, person, yeah. too. I mean, that's not her arm, though, is it? Yeah. Is that her arm, Leah? I, I still get... <laughs> <laughs> this film delivers. Now, you know, today you'd never be allowed to let a scene run never. in a two shot like this without, but there's always a payoff here. As, you know, I, I like the, the amount of time it takes and it breathes, the film breathes for a moment or two, and then now we're back into action. And, you're dealing with different attention spans. It's film but, the, but this yeah. film holds up. You know, we yep. saw this recently at a theater, and audiences, you know, young audiences, never seen it before, and they. Wow, that's a good gag. I Man. like this gag, and I liked it so much I used it again in Bad Boys, almost the same There thing. it is. <laughs> he came out of nowhere. I couldn't stop him. Him? Is it him or not? But the construction is really interesting. So you have this moment where, is it Michael Myers or isn't it? And now something, some word comes here, and... It changes emotionally dramatically now. So this uh, this hospital exterior was out in uh, 
what was it, Simi Valley, or, or was it not that far? It wasn't that far, but it was the VA out. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly where. And uh, but we got two different interiors, so it was it was a complicated shoot. The coats that we wear, you know, a guy gave them to me at one of the things, gave me 12 of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With my name on it, Bud. Uh, right. Bud. That's right, Bud. How many you got diehards that really love, you know? I thought their relationship worked kind of nicely. You know, it, it was a connection without it being uh, overtly sexual, but there's affection between them. There's a, just yeah. a nice connection to them. He's a he's a very sweet, innocent guy. Even uh, you know, all the years, he's still the same way. Love to watch Gloria. It's fun, and uh, you know, I work with her on Life Goes On as well. And, oh, sure. Uh, she's now teaching acting, and there's a young woman named Jane Stephen. Stevens Rosenthal, who's my daughter, who's studying acting right now with Gloria. If this if this town sounds incestuous, it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's just uh, you know people that you trust and that you love and you respect. You know who this kid is here in the plaid shirt? Uh, Van Patten, who is it? It's Dana Carvey. Is it really? Very few people know that. <laughs> and that's Catherine Bergstrom, and she stayed friends for years and years. And yeah. She married Alan Katz, who's a buddy of mine, and... Hunter Von Leer, I don't know where he is. I've tried to keep up, but he's disappeared on me. He goes to all the uh, sightings. Oh, yeah? You've yeah. seen him? Yeah. Well, tell him hello next time you see him. I tell him hello from me. I will. From Nancy. He's an old friend of Nancy's. Yeah. That he did a wonderful job in this scene. It's, it's never very easy. Nice. It's never easy to do an emotional scene like yeah. this. You let him out. I didn't let him out. I, I gave orders for him to be restrained. Now, is there anything else that we can do for you? If that wasn't Michael Myers burning up in that car, then a lot of other kids are going to be slaughtered tonight. He's dead. I saw him. I saw a man in a mask. I really like how much dark and light there is in these scenes. You know, the whole place isn't lit up the way often you have to do it for television. But, uh, you know, people in the dark and their silhouettes. And uh, I think it's got a good 
a lot of atmosphere to it. Now, did Dean do the first one? No, yes. Yep, he did oh, the he first did. film, did. yep. And oh. and so he came back with pretty much his whole crew. And mm-hmm. there, were, there were really only uh, three uh, new guys on the film, me and, and Michael Riva and uh, Bill Beasley, who was the first AD. Everybody else was pretty much returning. But the cast was almost all new. Yeah. You did capture middle America, and you did it in the heart of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's amazing how, uh, you know, it's, um, you'd have a hard time doing this film today because uh, there's so many restrictions on where you can shoot and where you can't shoot. But. Yeah. Oh, there's my girlfriend. <laughs> Pam shoot. Pamela shoot. Saw her about two years ago. Cutest girl going, really, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Woman, sorry. Woman. Five minutes to your house, another five minutes back to the hospital. Mrs. Al is going to kill me. You promised me. I know I did. This movie takes place in how long of a span? movie time uh one night it's all one night yeah right? yeah damn the end of the movie dawn's breaking so um it's not quite real time but yeah. you know you, you definitely progresses i love that i love that So Michael Myers was the forerunner to Freddy, Jason, all the others, right? First, yep. I mean, it, you know, these films go in cycles, but yeah. um, as far as as far as uh, setting the original bar, and then by the time Halloween Two came out, um, a number of those films had had their first one in this, in, the, in what would turn on turn out to be a, a pretty long series of of uh, Freddies and and Jasons. And, You know, I, I, I remember that field, that place. It's, yeah. it's, it's, well, you know, you spend, you spend all the time shooting, and, and uh, I'm waiting for the reverse shot here because uh, there's a palm tree, and we wanted, you know, we wanted to make this feel like the Midwest. So uh, on the reverse, if we see it, we may not see it here, but um, we were talking earlier about setting up uh, things that happen in the background and, uh, if only she had looked back, she would have seen Michael Myers, but she doesn't. Now that's Anna Alicia, mm-hmm. and she was a uh, she was an acting class with us. Yeah, and her daughter is. Um, Coming by the office tomorrow. She's just gotten back from college and she's looking for a summer internship. Wow. It's just amazing the connections that go on, you know? Oh. Cliff Emmick. Cliff. 
Cliff was in my uh, AFI student film. That's how I met him originally. And he was in a movie called Payday, where he pay, where he plays a uh, omelet cooking chauffeur, and he just he's so good in that. He was excellent in this, actually. Yeah. Yep. One of the criticisms every now and then I hear about Halloween, too, is that uh, nobody's ever in the quarters in the <laughs> hospital. And, uh, you know, the night um, my wife and I uh, had to get blood tests before we got married, we went down to uh, UCLA. And, I mean, literally, we walked for 45 minutes around trying to find somebody to direct us. And uh, I had to laugh because here were all these quarters and, yeah. and they're and, and you, and you got empty, chastised for completely it. Completely empty. Right? Yeah. And you don't have to swear back. I see the goddamn moron anyway. I swear before you say anything, the hell or shit or damn. All right. I guess I just fuck up all the time. <laughs> Bud, what a great character. thought about uh, dumping that soda on your... Uh, yes, she did. She had a moment. <laughs> They're two of the hairiest ambulance drivers I ever saw. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've got to get on the ward. Hi, Dean. Oh, hi, Kim. <laughs> Bud, you sly devil. Yes. Do you, you remember what you said? You said we need a song. We need a song, but we got to get it, you know, so we don't have to pay rights for it. Right. And and we said, well, we can't sing Happy Birthday. So we said to Baker Grace, and you said, go ahead, just just go ahead and sing it. And me with my... Who knew? Who yeah. knew that that's what was going to happen? <laughs> but it does have a nice, nice bud layer to it. Just keeps on, you know, it's sort of building the character early on. Oh, God. I didn't think they'd, they'd keep it in. That was great. I mean, you know, I thought they'd give you stuff, you know. But they, you know, they, they went. They bought it. They bought, they bought it. They bought it. Yeah. <laughs> I love this shot. Well, it keeps you going, you know. Yeah. And uh, audiences, uh, they connect to it. And then the jeopardy of having uh, yes. babies and knowing that Michael Myers is in a room with infants. And... This shot couldn't take very long because you had to, uh, you only had about a minute and a half, two minutes with uh, the babies. And then. Uh, how many how many babies were there? I, I, thought I was... think there were five or six there. Wow.
working in the background. Just these little, these just little tweaks. Would you say, I mean, when you're making a horror film, okay, there are certain obligations that you have to fulfill? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because people expect it. Yep. They expect the unexpected, you know. And and sometimes, you know, the trick is to give them what they expect and also to give them what they don't expect. Yeah. And um, sometimes you're ahead of the audience and sometimes the audience is ahead of you and... But, you know, it always comes down, I think, to whether you uh, root for people or you don't. And one of the great things about working with Jamie Lee was that here was this character, an actress and a character merging. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you just you just care about her and you're invested, emotionally invested. And I think that was one of her great trademarks. She never, ever condescended on this role. No. You shot every inch of that hospital. <laughs> shot every inch, and you know, I think the editing style of intercutting back and forth. Love watching Gloria act. I don't recall how many days shoot, Rick. Uh, I, I remember it as um, 20, 23. Oh. But now I can't, I can't remember if we worked. Uh, I think we worked uh, five-day weeks, but then I think we had a couple of six-day weeks. Yeah. That's why it was uh, funky. <clears throat> Actually, I learned from that because, you know, I produced a few things now. And... 
you have a six-day week but you follow with a five-day week. You don't know. Right. Just uh, mix it up and yeah. give people a little break. And... You know, because we, we want no mutinous factor, do we? <laughs> no, no. You got to keep them fed well. Yeah. People always laugh about craft service, but, you know, it's um, you know, it's an amazing job where you come to work and you know you're going to get fed and uh, yeah. taken care of. Well, you've worked in Canada quite a bit. What is they? What do they call that? Uh, French hours, if you know, in the summer because there's not that much um, darkness. It stays light till ten, ten thirty, eleven. Yeah. Well, now French hours would generally take place in France, Leo. Uh, <laughs> what do maybe they Canadian call hours? What you <laughs> Canadian <think>? hours. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talk about where you work uh, all all uh, set number of hours, nine hours, and you you never break for lunch. You just keep uh, sort of eating as you go along. Pick it, pick yeah, it, pick yeah. it, baby. Sounds really important in horror films, just things happening just slightly off in the dark. And... I mean, the entire audience knows he's going to get it. They just don't know when right. <laughs> where. Right. But sometimes you can up the suspense by thinking he's going to get him. Yeah. And, uh, and then you cut away. He hasn't. Nothing's happened. I've always remembered the way he just kind of flips yeah, that, that was sort of cool. Yeah. Was it? That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice character touch. 
Everybody remembers that one. Yep. Everybody. Well, interestingly, you know, it's the only, uh, I believe it's the only uh, murder of Michael Myers that isn't, that doesn't involve either a knife or a scalpel. Ah. This part's played by Jeffrey Kramer. Yes. Famous producer and executive now in... Uh, he was in um, Jaws 2. Yes, he was. And uh, I've always liked I've always liked his kind of manic. He's a little he's a corner dentist. He's a little out there. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little sicky there. <laughs> a little sicky. Yeah. <laughs> Ken Smolka. My God, I haven't another, seen him for a hundred years. Another uh, Beverly Hills Playhouse uh, alumni. So, 20 years later, I did Halloween Resurrection, and we had to we had to build this house in Vancouver. Oh wow! And uh, Vancouver in the summer, we got a problem with uh, shooting at nights, just like what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so we ended up building it on a soundstage, except it wasn't a real soundstage. It was a huge warehouse where they built. Uh, Vancouver Ferries, British Columbia Ferries, BC Ferries, and uh, it was called the Fast Cat Studio. I mean, just a gigantic place. And, um, so you could shoot a day for night. We shoot day for night. Yep. Wow. Yep. But here, you were able to shoot the real street, and uh, you just had to be done by. Uh, 10 o'clock at night. Check it again. Just as new. Check it again. You know, Haddonfield is a pretty quiet town before tonight. The only uh, gunshot. <laughs> Look at this cigarette. I've always had to laugh here. Hunter somehow bent the cigarette as it was coming Bent'd out. <laughs> he, he emulsified it. Look at it. It almost looks like a, a reefer. <laughs> So now very few people realize the significance of Hunter giving Donald that lighter because he doesn't give it back. It's going to pay off later on. Keep your eye on that lighter. It's tough to accustom to his immobility and silence. In many ways, he was the ideal patient. He didn't talk, he didn't cry, didn't even move. He just waited. So interesting to watch Donald act because... No, these lines are... They're, not, they're expository. They're, yeah, just yeah. what I was going to say. And yeah. yet, somehow, you know, you watch him and you're drawn in and his personality emerges. Yeah, what is it, Craig? Yeah, I'm worried about Bennett Schramer. He isn't home yet. Yeah, and he left the party. Yeah, the guy on the right is, is Billy Warlock. And the guy on the left is Jonathan Prince, who's a very successful 
writer producer name of sitcoms by and large. No, 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 not sitcoms, no. not sitcoms. Our our shows. Oh, oh, yeah. Jonathan Prince. Yeah. yeah. American Dreams, for example. Yeah, if I knew that little pecker was going to be a big producer. <laughs> well, we got the footage on him. So where are all the people in this hospital? I mean, there's nobody here. The lighting really is terrific. Yeah, I mean, I love the mix of light and shadow. Yeah. And, you know, these dark lurking spaces. It's always got you tense. <laughs> and everybody's all weirded out. This is Michael Myers crap. This is this is him. The sensitive side of Bud. <laughs> He's a horny toad. love that last shot you know you get her image in the mm -hmm. mirror and bud's uh serious uh they, they they just don't make films of this genre like this anymore everything is so heavy-handed I, I i'm sorry i'm prejudiced well it's interesting you know there's imagery here that just sort of works on its own and yeah that's kind of what was fun about doing this was to have the opportunity to just create imagery. And I like setting up that blood without paying it off. So mm -hmm. it takes a while 
for that image to pay off. Like, what, 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 when's that yeah. coming back? When's that what's, coming back? What's going on with that? Yeah. Oh, now, I have to interject here. Um, Pamela decided that she did not want to do the scene nude. And um, so, consequently, there was a big, because you had to have a nude scene for foreign. So, uh, Rick, my dear friend who fought for me, Nobody wanted me in this role because I was E, big city Eastern. Anyway, um, we got to that day, and she's not going to do it nude and everything. Rick said, Leo, listen, you know, I had my little Turkish robe on and my little Speedo. He said, just get in there. You know, it'll loosen her up. She's almost ready to go. So I take off the robe. I have the little Speedo. I put one foot in, and I went, no, no, Rick, Rick, it's freezing. And he looked at me and said, Leo, I'm in the jam. You got to help me. The generator broke. <laughs> and I got in there and I took the bait and that I looked down it was a raisin <laughs> but Pamela was certainly in shape wasn't she she's a stunning stunning woman <laughs> she certainly is um, that was not steam what was it the B B smoke B smoke we uh, when we previewed this film in uh, Las Vegas um, Pam drops her towel, and there's a kind of collective sigh yeah. in the in the theater, followed by a sharp collective "ow." And <laughs> the first sigh was all the guys, and then the the next thing that happened was all the women in the audience uh, elbowed their dates and mates. And how was that? You got the reaction you wanted, baby. <laughs> I'm freezing my petunias off. <laughs> and she said it's too hot in here. You talking about acne? You're looking a little blue there. Yes, it was. It was freezing. God, I wish my ass looked like that now. <laughs> I had a good death. You treated me well here. Yeah, I like this death. Yeah, I think it's, uh... yeah it's a good one. Your word is kind to Pamela. <laughs> Again, just sort of visually, without being graphic, I think it's interesting. And again, background and foreground tension. I think this is legendary, what's about to happen, <laughs> right? Well, we didn't know exactly how we were going to do this, but um, we had an idea, and uh, I think it works out. I think it works out pretty well. I think it does. We try to mix a little bit of humor here. She thinks it's, it's you coming yeah. back. and. Don't be that way. 
Oh, this was tough. But what did they put latex on her face? As it was little uh, strips of latex, and yeah. we would cut, and then because we had a couple of different angles, we could make it look like it was continuous. Yeah. And uh, but it was good without it being gross. Wow. It was effective. Absolutely. You know, I said wow four times. I don't think I've said wow four times in the last 40 years. <laughs> I remember this first uh, cop, this guy named Roger. Yeah. And uh, I think I worked with him. Um, I had worked with him on the very first episode of television I ever did before this. And... Uh, that's how he ended up in this part. Is our wrestler friend in this? Yeah, here he oh, comes. Yeah. Oh, right here. oh. Right here. So here's, uh, here's Nancy Stevens dating the director right now, not married to him. The director is B.W., beautiful wife, not at this time. <laughs> and then uh, her uh, driver, her escort, is another uh, Beverly Hills Playhouse guy named John Zenda. Interesting character. Nancy's still as beautiful today. I just spoke to her. Yeah, she looks very much the same. Yep. What are you doing here? Driving. That's what you don't want. You do not want to have her tell you she no, needs no. to talk to you privately. <laughs> That's never good. Thanks. Dr. Loomis, you've been ordered back to Smith's Grove. Ordered? What soap opera was she on early on? She's on something called Bright Promise. Ah, yeah. And she yeah. said it was called Bright Promise Dim Future, but uh, <laughs> she came out. She's a model uh, from New York, and she came out and started working in a soap opera, and then uh, she left it before she just decided, I'm not, I can't do this. Yeah. And she started uh, acting in uh, television and film. We met at the American Film Institute. She came to see a movie. And uh, turned out there was a Christmas party going on instead of the movie, and um, I won't I won't bore you with all the details. But um, I arranged for a private screening of the film that she had come to see that had screened earlier in the morning, and uh, it was a Preston Sturgis movie. Oh, and uh, you flexed a little uh, power there, a little muscle power. And she had um, that was the way to her heart was arranging for Sullivan's travels. Who else were in our acting workshop then with Milton Kitsellis? Ted Danson was with us. And Tom, Tom Selleck. Right. Michelle Pfeiffer. And Michelle Pfeiffer. Lois Childs. Lois Childs. Lois Childs, yep. Donna Mills. Mm hmm. Um, Peter uh, Horton. Horton was there. And uh, God, I know we're forgetting a, a ton. Yeah. That was a great class, though, and, and yeah. awful lot of people still from there. I mean, I see Ted still, and 
I remember the day when um, Milton always wanted you to share your victories with the rest of the class. Right. And uh, Tom Sully came in, and he said, I want to share this with everybody. He said, I was just offered the lead in a Steven Spielberg movie. And we went nuts. Yeah. Oh, great. He said, no, no, I can't take it. Yeah. He said, it's, I, I have a commitment to CBS. Milton said, what do you want to do? He says, I want to do the movie. I want to do the feature. He said, then you get on a plane, fly to New York, get a meeting with Mr. Paley, the head of CBS, and tell him. Tell him you'll do the series afterward. He said, so I did it. And I, I laid it all out for Mr. Paley. And he said, no, son. <laughs> we own you for the series. And the movie was what, Rick? The movie was Harrison Ford. Yeah. He was the first choice for the Harrison Ford role yeah. in the Indiana and what, Jones. And what was the series? Magnum P.I. He didn't do too bad. <laughs> All right, here's one of my favorite shots coming up. Not, not this shot, but again, the use of dark and light in that. The way Michael Myers appears out of the dark there has always been one of my favorites. That is a good sell. <laughs> oh, man. That's beautiful composition right there. So that was, you know, that's part of the fun of doing a horror film is that you get to, you get to play around with light and shadow and imagery and, again, things like this where you're down really low on the ground and and, and this scene coming up next, the composition here. She's a very, very nice girl. She was great fun to work with. We did a uh, we did a rock video after this that got banned by MTV. Wow! Just because, it, not for any salacious reasons. She played a uh, she she uh, she played almost like a fish in a tank, and and she kept trying to climb out, and the band kept pushing her back down. And I don't know. It just oh, sort of a little bit of uh, it's just a little too dark. Yeah. <laughs> Abuse. Yeah. Uh, of women, yeah, okay, I know. Yeah. Pretty tame by today's standards. Yeah, I'm very I'd tame, say. but, you know, I understood it. I got it. Yeah. So it's pretty much the midpoint of the film here, and, uh, you know, it looks like it's curtains for, for uh, Laurie Strode. But, you know, it's never quite what it appears to be. You know, it's it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> Michael Myers, nobody knew who it was, and they've had 
six or seven Michael Myers. Um, Robert Eng England, who plays Freddy Krueger, yep. uh, he was one of the top character actors in town. And because his face was so recognizable in that character of Freddy, I really think it hurt his career. Well, not not his pocketbook. Yeah. Not his pocketbook. Right, but sometimes you get, I mean, I think that there have been memorable roles that actors can't ever, um, yeah. they're not forgotten, you know. It's it's always like, I think Henry Winkler and the Fonz was a character. Absolutely. You know, Henry's a really good actor, but everyone kept sort of pigeonholing him in that uh, role. And I think there are other actors like that who play a really memorable role, and that's what they're remembered for, even though they've got a lot of actors' chops. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I'll tell you one who you probably know, Andrew Robinson. Absolutely. There, Absolutely. Is, there is a guy that gave America's audiences such a creepy feeling in uh, Dirty Harry. Yep. He played the, uh, the killer. The Actually, he was masochistic, right? And and he ended up, he's, he's directing now yes. and everything, but... Yeah, it was defined. I think it was defined by. But it's interesting how people, how audiences will, audiences and um, the industry will define you by yeah. the last thing you do. And um, so sometimes there are great horror film directors who actually have other genres that they do well, and but they're remembered if they do a particular film or a guy who does a particular kind of comedy. He's remembered for that. Mm -hmm. People. Uh, don't think that they can do anything else. You know, the one guy that slipped out of that was Carol O'Connor. After the Archie Bunker, he went down and did a series playing the Southern Sheriff, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think some of that's timing, some of it's luck, some of it's opportunity. Um, I think there are a few other uh, guys, a guy who um, played the commission and uh, and then did the shield I mean what a transformation that was absolutely right? this shot says it all you know if she could crawl into herself anymore she would got a lot of good uh, storylines that interweave and I think that's what gives it a certain drive and and yet it doesn't rush within each storyline it sort of lets these storylines unfold and uh, how many drafts on the script here you know I only remember working on one draft after I got involved um, John and Deborah and I sat around and we talked about the script and we did a bunch of notes and uh, and then um, John said, uh, you know, you, you, I'd like you to endeavor to um, execute these notes. So uh, Deborah took the first half, and I took the second half. And, um, and I, I only recall doing that once. Tony played Ditsy Blonde very well. Yep. You got a very well scrubbed movie here. <laughs> a lot of. Ooh. 
was tricky to get the timing of the video. I mean, this is, uh, it's not like it used to be where you would just burn stuff in and put it where you wanted it. I mean, we have to try to get it all to sync up. I love some of these wide shots, you know, and the characters seem just incredibly vulnerable. You're right. Dick Warlock, his body language, it, it was it was almost surreal. Yeah. And that's a great choice. I mean, he's a stuntman, but he, he brought his... He brought uh, this otherworldliness to yeah. it, and uh, I think it elevated the character. Yep. It made the character really live. So I had this idea coming up, this image, and, uh, you know, it, it didn't seem that gruesome to me. It just seemed sort of in this German expressionistic way. Uh, it's an image I was going for. And, uh, and there, was a, there was a surprise to it. So there's the payoff of that mm -hmm. earlier. Wow. Spread. There's a spread. So I always thought that shot was really interesting. Um, you know. I think you had one take. Yeah, we had one take. <laughs> one take. It. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have a whole hell of a lot of wardrobes hanging around. <laughs> and Lance did that stunt himself. You know, that that was no easy little No. Fall. Oh, you could break your... Uh, you your coccyx. And that too. <laughs> <laughs> See, now the audience would be screaming, Why did you leave the hospital? No, you had a better chance inside. Don't go outside. She's just fun to watch. I, yeah. I always found her had a, she had this unique walk too. Yeah. You know, we see her every Christmas, her and her husband, uh -huh. at um, Angela Cartwright's. Yeah, they always throw a big Christmas right. party. And uh, just the same effervescence that she had how many years ago? Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah.
And when we were shooting the sequence that's coming up, the uh, location manager was, uh, he come off his rooftop perch. This is a really hard hospital to shoot because it, I don't know if you remember, but this hospital was in the flight uh, flight oh, pattern. Van Nuys the, Airport. No, of no? this this one was down by LAX. This oh, was on, oh, off oh. Manchester. And uh, it got really hard to uh, shoot there. But um, he came by one day and uh, he was watching this scene as it unfolded. And uh, you're about to see uh, So he said to me, wouldn't it be funny if uh, her clogs fell off at the end of this? <laughs> okay, he earned his pay for the day. And, uh, you know, it was just an example of somebody who had a great idea. And you, you just said, yeah, that's a great idea. That is one. I mean, of... it's just one of those offbeat funny, but, you know, I mean, it's a genre of picture. And, but yeah, that but... is one of your strong suits. You will entertain ideas, not that you're taking them all or, you know, whatever, but you don't try to turn it around and make it like yours. Well, you know, you know? it comes from sports, I think. You yeah, know, when yeah. I played quarterback in, in uh, high school, you know, if a guy came back to the huddle and said, hey, I'm open. Yeah. And he wasn't bullshitting you. You know, you, you were like, great. Because if he was open... It made you look really good. Now, this is an interesting sequence, and when we did, when we showed this in the theaters, um, people were really invested here. And uh, when Michael Myers comes in and gets closer and closer to Jamie Lee, uh, they react, and uh, they're like, "Get out! Get out! Go! Go!" So right now we have Jamie Lee and Lance Guest still alive. That's right. And because uh, Michael Myers never changes his pace, so there's a kind of uh, tension yeah. that's created. And so he's he's slashed in their feet, and everyone's screaming in the theater. And, that was not Jamie Lee. I'm not going to say. Nah. She did a big stunt with me on Halloween Resurrection. She did a 40-foot uh, fall. Really? On a, on a harness and a wire. But she did it. She had a great time. Didn't she? She, had a, she you know, As long as you know it's safe and on a, on a yeah. wire, you're safe. But, you know, it's still pretty... Uh, well, they hung me and the late Corey Haynes off the Great Gorge Bridge in Colorado. Yeah. 1,200 feet down. Oh, my goodness. And they hung me 16, 18 feet down. They wanted the helicopter to come underneath. Right. And go, you wouldn't like to clean my shorts at night. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> well, at some point, I guess you just say, well, I hope they got it right. Yeah. Well, it's Kenny Bates. And Kenny, Kenny knows what he's doing. He's got the decelerator. Yep. But even, you know, I mean, things happen. Oh, yeah. Cable snaps sometimes. 
I remember she did get bruised up. Yeah. Yeah, she, she did. She's a trooper. Yeah, she's there's, a there's trooper. no way you could not. But this was a great space. And, and what I started to say is um, the only thing was there was this um, palm tree. And uh, it was like there was nothing we could do about it. So I said to Michael Riva, you got to come up with something. What if we built our own little kind of funky light tower that would be covering up the the trunk of the palm tree but we won't have to go all the way up because you know let's let's get a a lens out here and let's see the widest lens that we'll ever use and how high do we have to go and all of that and and so uh it's not in this shot but coming up i'll i'll tell you again when we get there this uh this little um it's a tower but it's uh, wrapped around a tree and it and you never see <laughs> You never see the palm tree. You just see this little blue lights and red lights. And, uh, you know, it's very effective. It's not very expensive. And sometimes it's fun to come up with uh, interesting solutions by throwing ingenuity to uh, against a problem rather than money. Yeah. And, and uh, yes. And especially when the money is not really there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this is uh, something called poor man's process. It's... Uh, it's, uh, we're not really driving the car, we're on a sound stage, and we're creating light and shadow. Um, but if you do it right, and like you have these little trees that go by and changing lights, and, uh, it feels very much like you're really driving. Looks, sells perfectly. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's harder on a, on a single lane road like this because you can't put uh, traffic behind, but... Uh, you get a, you get a pretty good sense in the little shake of the car, a little rocking of the car. Sure. Otherwise, you'd have to do a camera mounts. You have to do towing. Oh boy. He was the masked marble. He was a wrestler, right? He was a wrestler. He was a pro football player. Uh, he may or may not have been in the CIA. I'm not really sure. He was in Vietnam. Uh, he's a really interesting character. Did you lose track of him? No, unfortunately, he passed away a number of years ago. He got cancer. And, um, oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Here's a nice little scene coming up there. Kind of fun. She used to see what he's doing here in Haddonfield. He killed one sister 15 years ago. Now he's trying to kill the other. Tonight, after I shot him, where did they take her? The clinic. The clinic? Where? Do you know this area well? A little bit. Where's the hospital <laughs> located? Dr. Loomis, we're under orders from the governor. It's back around 17, about three miles. Turn this car around now. Those orders have changed. Dr. Loomis. Doctor, you're getting yourself into a lot of trouble. What do you fellas usually do? Fire a warning shot, right? It's a great touch. Was that in the script? We created we created that ah. uh, with the idea of cause and effect. As soon as he shot the gun, the yeah. car would do a, a roundo, you know, and, yeah. and uh, it was fun. The audience really likes that moment.
He's concussed. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I love that the next moment he just kind of eyes roll right up. So that's Jamie does that little stunt, and you know you'd say, "Well, it's not a big deal," but I mean, it's um, that that that's a ground, nice little stunt. You that know? ground is hard. Yep. You know? And she does a nice job there, and yeah. I love the I love the sequence coming up. It's just the use of space. And... What have I got to lose? Except my job. Here's where the audience talks. They're screaming again. Yep. Help me! That sound of her fingers against the pavement's always good. Uncheck all the rooms down there. Go on. You stay with me and shut up. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you turned into such good. When do I get to show you my tower? It's coming up. I know it is. <clears throat> ah, there's my tower back there with the red light and the blue oh, light. Oh, very so good. It's, co it's covering up a palm tree. Never would have known that, would you? Nope. Michael Raven went on to do a lot of movies. Oh, yeah. He's a wonderful guy and, and a wonderful production fan. He did Bad Boys right after this with me. Was in, now, I, don't wanna, I don't want to say, but was he going with Jamie Lee at this time? Uh, this is where they met, and then oh. they went out for a long time. Yeah. Before Mr. Chris Guest, of course. Oh, yeah.
Boy, you sick the music right up to those steps, didn't you? Absolutely. That little that little ticker comes in, and mm -hmm. we're off to the races here. What, what what did you do? Post 10, 12 weeks? How long? I remember it as about 12 weeks. Yeah. You this know, is really intricate stuff, though. It comes together. It comes together up one level pretty easily, the rough level, but then mm. trying to get it to work perfectly. Yeah. That's what takes the extra time. Now, when you watched it with your first audience, how many of the jumps, you know, out of their seat did you get that you actually thought you were going to get? What percentage, rough? I, I think we were really high. I mean, yeah. we, got, we picked it up. I mean, I think after a while you know what will make people jump and, and what won't. And, you know, sometimes it's literally a music sting that helps a lot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but what we couldn't tell were, were some of the other things that weren't the obvious scares. Um, mm -hmm. There's a moment coming up here that, you know, it's hard to judge what the audience thought, but there's a, there's a very interesting moment um, that we'll see here. And, uh, you know, it's very symbolic, and um, I, sort of, I sort of voted for it. I thought it'd be really interesting to... Have it, have it happen, and uh, and then you, you know because it's different. It's not a big, it's not a big moment. Uh, you sort of wonder like how did that, how did that go? The obvious, the obvious moments like he's about to uh, crash through the door here. Um, you know, people like this, this kind of thing. That's kind of obvious, but. He does a good stunt fall here. Wow. That was Donald. He just had elbow pads on. So the tears of blood image, you know, mm -hmm. I, I couldn't tell whether how that would work. And, and the audience is really quiet at this point. Um, they're like, they've entered a different level. You know, it's, it's, they're trying to figure out what is going to happen now because it's, it's no longer obvious. You know, there's, there's now a lot of things going on. He's, he's been shot and he's, his power has been diminished and, um, Donald's been sh been stabbed. Sure. And, uh, now let's see if you remember what I told you to keep your eye on. What was the thing that Hunter didn't get back? The f the lighter, right. the yellow lighter. Was right. it yellow? Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's a good that's a good example of something that I think is really nicely set up, and it's you know it's not obvious, but. Um, I think the music here, the music and the sound effects, and shadow, and I mean, all this for me, this was. This is what people stayed 88 minutes for. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. This was shot in Raleigh, Raleigh Studios. This was a hallway set. In, uh, right in the heart of Hollywood. And uh, they had a hard time getting that fire out. Really? Yeah. All the fire extinguishers were um, gone. And, you know, they used them. And uh, it was still burning. And you'll see coming up, uh, there is a, a shot. So by now the fire walk everything everything was was worked out. But there's an earlier shot where there's part of the ceilings dropping, and it's not the ceiling; it's part of the map boxes uh, melted off one of the cameras that well, had been. Uh, did the fire uh, fire company come back with extra trucks? No, we, oh. we were able to get we were able to get the fire out. But uh, all right, so now this is morning. Remember, we were talking about uh, how long does this take place? So it, it starts at night, and now it's the next morning, and early morning dawn I don't think those guys like those hairdos today do you <laughs> <laughs> now that ambulance guy the guys in the wheelchair he and I were hockey players in the grade school together he's a buddy of mine and oh but he's disappeared he, he just acted for a couple of years and robin coleman great guy don't know where he is today you know look it's 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 not an easy life you know and uh some people they can't stand the waiting around they can't stand uh, the lack of money you have it you don't you know now, there's a couple of different endings. I have no idea what ending we're about to see. I guess we're about to find out. You know something? Every time I hear that song, every time, I get goosebumps because of this movie. No matter where you are. All right, well, you guys got to check your uh, DVD extras because there's another ending or two that's um, <laughs> rattling around there. This was great fun. Great fun. Great memories. Wow. You know, well, it was fun to make a movie this way, you know, and it was a small crew. And uh, yeah, I think it was a lot of production a lot of production value and, and uh, some good actors and fun and 
and enduring. It lasted, it stood the test of time. Yeah, yeah. You had a lot of people from our acting class. It's kind sure. of fun, you know? Sure. I'll bet you I haven't seen, oh, uh, God. Most of the, you know? Farnsworth. Was that Richard Farnsworth uh, relative there? I'm sure it was. Sure it was. Chernoff, he, he ended up having a nice little career. A lot of a lot yeah. of these, uh, a lot of the crew have gone on and done uh, really good good sure. work. And there's Ray Stella. We were talking about Ray and yeah, pocket rocket Ray. Yes, yes. I I mean I hear that song and I go right into my memory bank. Yeah. Well, Leo, thanks for hanging out with me. Oh, man. That was good fun. This was great fun and uh, a trip down memory lane. It certainly was. Wow. And uh, we're not really this old, are we? No, not <laughs> me. I don't know about you, brother. No, it's, it's, uh, it, it was us. I'm still um, in my 30s. Yeah, in my mind, I am. <laughs> um, but it was us at a very embryonic stage of our careers. I don't even know what that means. I went to Villanova. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Leo. Take uh, care, Thank man. you. See, See you soon. You.